Hello, thank you for that. And a warm welcome to our Q1 2022 earnings call. As always, it's great to have you all here and a big extra welcome, of course, to anyone who is new to this. Um, as said, my name is Ross Adams and I'm ACAR CEO, and I'm joined today by our brilliant CFO and debt CEO, Emily Bellas. Say hello, Emily. Um, okay, so before we kick into the numbers, I think it's worth reminding you all about the fundamentals of our core ACAR strategy, especially for those of you who are new to this call. Podcasting is, of course, a fragmented space, and it can be difficult to get your head around, uh, around who does what. But the key thing to understand here is that ACAS plays the central role in hosting, distributing, and monetizing content for creators globally. Our vision is built around the creator and the thriving creator economy. ACAS is effectively a two-sided marketplace, servicing the two main stakeholders. Firstly, of course, that is the supply side, which is the creator, in our case, the podcaster, who are at the center of all we do. And today we represent 47,000 creators, and that number is growing all the time. In turn, we also have the demand side, and this comprises of 2,400 growing advertisers that ran campaigns with ACAST in the past year on those podcasts, as well as the monetization of those podcasts directly from the now new increased number of monthly unique listeners in our marketplace to 91 million uniques. Everything we do and build is to support both sides of this marketplace. And it's our mission to enable podcasters of all sizes to find their valuable audience and make money from their craft. This is why we make sure their content is distributed to absolutely anywhere an audience is able to listen and discover their show. And for brands, we offer creative advertising solutions that reach an immersed, targeted, and passionate and engaged audience of affluent listeners driving maximum effectiveness and ROI for the advertiser while always respecting the unique relationship and bond a podcaster has with their listener. These things are key and unique to Acast as a pure play podcasting infrastructure company and an app independent marketplace. We are podcasting and nothing else, meaning we can really focus on extracting the maximum value out of the podcasting economy for creators and advertisers alike. And finally, before we get into the results, this presentation will go um, a little bit deeper and spend some extra time on our advertiser value proposition. Okay, time uh, to look at how exactly uh, we do that with some of our recent highlights. And with Q1 now closed, ACAST's position of strength remains very clear. However, it's important to acknowledge that all of this is against the backdrop of global changes. When it comes to the war in Ukraine, our our direct exposure to Ukraine and Russia is very limited when it comes to creators and advertisers. And of course, our thoughts primarily go to the people who are directly affected by the war. But the macroeconomic situation has impacted market sentiment and combined with rising interest rates and inflation, this does affect us as advertisers tend to err on the side of caution during turbulent times. We're following developments here closely and reviewing every investment decision we make so we can calibrate the pace of investment in line with each market-specific circumstance and pace of growth. However, as a fast-growing company in a fast-growing industry, we must continue to accelerate in markets where we continue to see a large upside. Okay, but that said, ACAST is still clearly in a position of strength. Let's take a look at some numbers. 
we delivered 51% net sales growth in Q1 with a stable gross margin of 36%. We also delivered an adjusted EBITDA margin, which sat at minus 23% in Q1. Now let's take a look at the growth we've seen across our podcast portfolio. Continuing the great momentum in Q4 2021, we recorded 1.2 billion listens for our network of podcasts this quarter, at 44% higher than Q1 2021. And the number of shows that are part of the network increased yet again to 47,000, as we added another 7,000 podcasts since Q4 2021. With all these shows coming onto the platform, we're even better positioned to monetize these extra growing impressions over time, which provides great upside for us moving forward. As we showed last time, if you measured ACAST's reach and scale against key players in the US, um, taking data from PodTrack, you can see that we're neck and neck with iHeart in terms of US reach and global downloads, and we continue to dominate the Swedish and UK charts in terms of top shows and talent. With that strong growth in the supply side of our marketplace, let's take a closer look at the demand side and how and why podcast advertising is such a powerful medium for us and the 2,400 brands we work with. Firstly, podcast advertising is proven time and again to deliver tangible ROI for brands. We recently completed a research study with Omnicom and the Nordics, tracking 37 advertisers across six categories over a three-year period and $200 million of ad spend spent across multiple mediums, including ACAS, of course, uh, we were able to see that online audio is outperforming all other media categories in terms of return on advertising spending, both in the short and the long term. Looking at short-term sales, online advertising gives back 4x on the ad spend to compare that with an average of 2.5 across all media categories. But more than that, in the long term, podcast advertising gives a 6x return on this ad spend. So in other words, $1 invested in podcast advertising gives $4 back. In the short term, $6 back in the long term in pure sales. So why is that? One core reason is that podcasting is, of course, an intimate and immersive experience. A recent research we ran in the US saw 61% of our listeners agree that their favorite podcasters feel like their friends. And another study we ran through Quantalope shows how podcasts are most associated with escapism and unwinding, relaxing, as well as freedom, curiosity, and joy. Added to this is the fact that podcasts have listeners' undivided attention. Research last year by Cumulus Media showed that podcasts' listening commands over 1.4 times the amount of attention of both social media and music. Podcast listening is also highly intentional. Content is deliberately sought out on demand by the listener. The aforementioned study with uh, Quantilope showed that 67% of podcast listeners specifically set aside time to listen to podcasts versus 45% for radio listeners listening to radio. Finally, we know that podcasts reach both mainstream and niche consumer passions. 73% of podcast listeners agree that there is a podcast available for all their interests, according to our research in the US. Whilst the Quantilope study showed that the main reasons people like listening to podcasts is they provide a wider range of interesting content, have more niche subject matters, and give listeners control and choice over what they listen to 
compared to other mediums. Crucially, podcasting also has a low ad load compared to other advertised channels, just 5% compared to other channels such as radio, TV, YouTube, and the likes of social media. And these range between 15 and 25%. And this balance ensures podcast listeners are not only overly interrupted or turned off from this. So there is still huge upside in ad load within podcasts moving forward. In turn, this leads to a very high ad acceptance uh, from listeners of around 80% compared to just 35%, for example, for YouTube. And of course, the fact that it is a more lean forward medium than any other social media consumption. What this translates to is a higher, um, is higher CPMs for podcast advertising compared to other channels. The immersive accepted ad experience demands higher prices and therefore greater revenue for podcasters and of course for Acast. Also the opportunity for brand recall and brand standout podcasts are huge due to the lack of clutter. CPM levels have been relatively stable within podcasting for the past five years and a wide range of, um, have a wide range of course, depending on the different ad formats that we run. And they can even go as high as $100 CPM based on all successes and reasons mentioned previously. All of this healthy, immersive and rich experience truly delivers the ROI for brands I mentioned at the beginning. I've um, picked just one example here from um, many annual campaigns to illustrate this point today. So for the holiday season, the end of last year, Buy Now, Pay Later provider Klarna wanted to raise brand awareness of its product amongst its key demographic, 25 to 54-year-old women in the US. One of the hero campaign elements here um, were sponsorships voiced by the hosts uh, of a popular podcast, G Thanks, Just Bought It. Let's hear an example. The holiday season is finally upon us, and Klarna is the all-in-one shopping service you need for all of your holiday shopping. In addition to the G Thanks gift guides, of course, Klarna offers tips, tricks, inspiration, deals, interest-free, flexible payments, and top-notch service. It's the all-in-one shopping tool for everyone. When you're looking for well-priced power tools for your dad, set price drop notifications on Klarna. If you need new clothes for all the holiday parties you're going to, you can check out curated collections. Bought a gift for grandma at the very last minute, there's package tracking. And of course, payment options to stay on top of your holiday budget. Use Klarna for all of your shopping needs this holiday season. Download the Klarna app today. That's K-L-A-R-N-A for smooth shopping with Klarna. Such reads were part of a campaign which also included native branded segments in the show too. Um, the end of the campaign analysis through one, pl- one pulse clearly showed the effectiveness of the sponsorship with a 10% uplift in brand favorability amongst the target audience and 100% uplift in the likelihood of the audience picking Klarna first as a buy now pay later solution. Proof that when we combine creativity with the effectiveness of podcast advertising, brands see real and measurable returns. With the effectiveness of our own approach to podcast advertising, let's look at the macro trends within the broader ad market which support our mission. Firstly, the recent eMarketer US podcast advertising report for 2022 showed that US podcast ad spending will surpass $2 billion next year and $3 billion by 2026. Validation of the broader industry sees the demand that we see ourselves ACAST. Programmatic advertising in podcasting continues to grow rapidly. The deal sizes are increasing and it remains our fastest growing buying channel, 
with triple digit growth. Other mediums are uh, recognizing that a walled garden approach, as we've mentioned countless times before, is not necessarily the most successful or profitable for podcasters. Netflix announced in April that it was acknowledging the value of consumer choice and will move to offer an ad-funded model itself. Um, meanwhile, creators are recognizing the value of mass distribution over these walled gardens. And perhaps the most high-profile instance of this is the Obamas themselves recently announcing that they're leaving Spotify to seek mass distribution for their podcasts across all listening platforms. And finally, we see that listeners continue to crave creativity in advertising. Our recent Better Ads research proved this. For example, 60% of general audio listeners said that they actively like 3D podcast ads um, versus 47% liking traditional radio ads. Creativity will continue to drive the medium forward, which is why we are so focused on this at ACAST. Now, for the first time and as part of our annual report, we have started to communicate our ESG strategy. I'd like to take a minute to highlight some of the focus areas that we are working on. ACAST's vision is to build, champion and supercharge a profitable, fair and sustainable open global ecosystem for podcasts. We therefore have placed ESG highly in our agenda as an international high growth tech company. We're continuously striving to have a meaningful impact on the world through products and services we provide. Firstly, when it comes to our social impact, our mission is to seek out and support storytellers, giving their stories the audience they deserve. We believe the top podcast charts have underrepresented large sections of society, especially different ethnicities, people in the LGBTQ plus community, women and other groups. We actively seek out these creators and support the building of their podcasts, eventually growing these shows to become mainstream revenue driving hits. Through things like free A-class masterclasses for underrepresented groups. Our podcaster teams are continuously monitoring new and established creators. Our internal work on diversity, equity and inclusions also very much remains in focus as it has been for some time. And when it comes to governance, open podcasting is the bedrock on which the entire podcast industry was built. It's an industry that allows content creators to share and monetize their work across all podcast apps and players. And we aim to be a sustainable medium uh, to our listeners, which means that our podcast content needs to be valuable to them and create a good listening experience. Being a sustainable business also includes delivering scalability, future profits and free cash flows as a prerequisite for ACAST to continue creating value for stakeholders in the industry. When it comes to scalability, ACAST reported for the first time in 2021, ACAST's two largest markets, the UK and Sweden, became fully profitable. Looking at our environmental impact, ACAST is beginning to work this year to start measuring CO2, including the measurement of emissions internally and externally from listening to our podcast, which is a key element um, for us to track. At present, we're undertaking a deep dive to update our ESG gap analysis and stakeholder interviews and we will be reaching out to some of the investors in the process. And from 2022 onwards, we will provide a full ESG report. Before we move on to the financials, I wanted to share one of many examples of how our teams are finding ways to have a positive impact. Listeners want to act on the messages they hear, which is obviously great, 
Um, but that also comes with a lot of power. And of course, with great power comes great responsibility. With the news of the war in Ukraine, the team in Sweden found themselves in a situation where they wanted to use that power because our platform can make a difference. They ended up working with the Red Cross, giving them pro bono sponsorships from 30 of our biggest Swedish podcasts, as well as an ACAST recommends campaign, totaling 6.5 million impressions at a value of 1.2 million set. From idea to execution, believe it or not, this was all done within one week. It was an incredible team effort because we have the people, we have the voices and we have the power to make a difference. Alla känner till vad som händer i Ukraina just nu och det gör att vi har inlett ett obetalt samarbete med Röda Korset. Just nu är alltså miljontals människor i och runt Ukraina i desperat behov av hjälp. Röda Korset finns ju på plats i Ukraina och länderna runt omkring för att hjälpa de som har drabbats. De delar ut mat, rent vatten, ger tak över huvudet och annan nödhjälp. Ett Perfekt, konkret sätt att göra skillnad det är att bli månadsgivare till Röda Korset. Bli månadsgivare redan idag så stöttar du människor i Ukraina och katastrofer världen över. De är ju på alla platser där människor är utsatta och behöver hjälp. Vi säger tack snälla till Röda Korset för att ni finns och för ert hårda arbete. Och för att ni räddar liv. Tack, tack. till Röda Korset. And now on to numbers with Emily. Thank you Ross. So much work, good work going on on the ESG front. Very inspiring to see. So let's have a look at the numbers. We are clearly starting the year with some strong fundamentals. We are seeing listens grow by 44% compared to the same quarter last last year. So the types of shows that we're attracting come with highly engaged listeners and high levels of consumption. If we look at our average revenue per listen, ARPOL, we've seen a modest increase to 0.24 SEKs compared to 0.23 SEKs in the same quarter last year. But here there is really future upside as we have locked in our listens and our ability to increase monetization over time uh, will only increase. Ross spoke earlier about the low ad load that we are experiencing in podcast. So moving on to net sales, our net sales is showing a very robust 51% growth compared to Q1 2021. And it should be noted that all of our markets that underpin this growth are growing. Um, I'll also note that we had a positive impact from FX and the organic growth in the quarter was 40%. If we have a closer look at our segments, it was North America, that delivered the strongest growth trajectory in Q1, accelerating its growth actually compared to prior year and the prior quarter. So we delivered 107% growth in North America as we also continued to invest in this area of the business. Advertiser sentiment did have an impact in Europe and net sales growth reached 35%. Other markets grew by 47%. This is mainly constituting our Australian New Zealand business for the time being. And this segment turned a small contribution loss in Q1 2021 into a small contribution profit in Q1 of 2022. The world counts. All right, all segments also saw a positive impact from FX on net sales in the quarter. 
When it comes to the gross margin, it continues to be very stable, reflecting the a similar product mix that we have seen in prior quarters. Looking at our operating, our other operating expenses, these grew from 116 million SEKs to 186 million SEKs, and this was an investment-heavy quarter. We have increased our costs through selective investments in both product development as well as sales and marketing. When we look at the geographical spread of our investments, um, we have focused on North America, and that has helped us achieve the 107% growth, which we are, of course, delighted with. Continued investments in product development with a focus on attracting podcast creators um, has also helped drive this influx of new podcasts with highly engaged listeners to our platform. Our sales and marketing costs are affected by the fact that we have deepened our collaboration with some of our podcast creators who act as ambassadors for our brand. Now, the pace of investment growth is expected to reduce in the second half of the year, and we are clearly keeping a very close eye on how the market develops to ensure that we can calibrate our investments in the right way. So looking at EBITDA, our adjusted EBITDA margin reached negative uh, 23% in this investment-heavy quarter. This compares to negative 17% in the same quarter last year. So with Q1 being investment heavy and our European advertisers taking a more measured approach as they started this year compared to prior year, balancing our investments will very much be in focus moving forward. We anticipate that whilst we will see deliberate investments continue, the pace of investment growth will reduce and the effect will be seen more clearly in the second half of the year. Um, also in the second half of the year, typically being stronger when it comes to advertiser demand, EBITDA margins tend to improve in age two, which you can also see has happened historically here on the right hand side. Moving on to cash flows. The cash flows for the quarter were primarily related to changes in working capital as well as our operating losses. Um, and the changes in working capital included the impact of recoupable podcaster prepayments. I'm also just noting here that the EBITDA, or just the EBITDA on the prior slide, was a good proxy for our operating cash flows in this quarter. So with that said, back to you, Ross. Thank you, Emily. Uh, let's take a look at some of our more recent and soon um, to come happenings at ACAST. Our international expansion continues, and in March, we announced our launch in Spain. Um, according to eMarketer, 30% of internet users in Spain listen to podcasts at least once per month. This, coupled with our success in Spanish language content in Mexico, made it the natural next region for us. And in the coming weeks, we'll be announcing yet another new country. We've also recently announced yet more high-profile creators joining ACAST. One of the UK's most recognisable footballers, Peter Crouch, brought his highly successful show out into the open ecosystem from the BBC. Whilst this meant having to encourage all of his existing listeners to resubscribe on their favourite listening app, he has already backed two thirds of his audience size in just five episodes and on track 
to surpass his previous total listening figures. Media brands like BuzzFeed Studios and Adweek also chose Acast as their podcast partners, proof that we have we continue to attract a broad range of world-renowned names. We've talked extensively about our proprietary paid-for membership offering Acast Plus before, and I'm so pleased to say that it continues to thrive and make tangible difference to our creators' listenerships and their revenue. Uptake of Acast Plus amongst our podcasters has more than doubled in the last two months. Our longest-standing Acast Plus shows are seeing overall listens to their content increase by as much as 3.5x in just three months, whilst average revenue growth for podcasters using Acast Plus is an additional 30%. In Q1, there was a 475% growth in the number of shows that have set up a tier with Acast Plus since Q4. We're rolling out yet more product features. Soon podcasts, uh, podcasters will have the ability to export the emails of their Acast Plus subscribers directly from their dashboards. Uh, they'll be able to upload episode level intros and outro audio, further unlocking the ability for more dynamic content options. And for both Acast Plus creators to offer features like subscriber only longer episodes. Both they and Acast will also gain access to even more first-party data. We'll be modifying the sign-up experience for listeners to gather with their consent more information, including gender and age, to allow our podcasters and us to further understand their audiences. The closure of our listening app continues according to our plan and set to be officially decommissioned by the end of the month to allow us to truly focus on delivering the best podcast hosting and advertising experiences the supply and demand sides of our marketplace. One such focus is enriching yet further our targeting capabilities for advertisers. Just last week, we continued to roll out our proprietary conversational targeting capabilities. New IAB category targeting allows advertisers to target individual conversations at an episode level, offering richer relevant, uh, to relevance to listeners than ever before. To give you a flavor of how this AI-backed technology works, I asked the team to run some analysis on some major world events. It showed that in April 2022, instances of podcasts discussing COVID-19 were down 64% versus January 2022, whereas discussions around Ukraine were 4.89 times more prevalent in March versus January. Whilst, of course, these trends might not be especially surprising, I wanted to illustrate how our conversational targeting capabilities will allow advertisers to get granular about not just where they target to, but also how they can target away from certain conversations. And finally, a note to reiterate that whilst Q1 was investment heavy, we are diligent in managing our cost line and deliberate in considering any investments. Thank you for listening, and I'm delighted to open the floor up now to any questions you might have. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. If you wish to ask a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad. We have a first question from Derek Laliberte from ABG. So please go ahead. Yes. Uh, good. Good morning. Uh, and uh, I mean, uh, you delivered a forty uh, percent organic growth in the quarter, which is, uh, I suppose, quite an impressive given the the rough European. Uh, ad markets here, but, but looking at your, uh, it's still nevertheless quite a bit below your your 60% uh, uh, midterm 
target here. Uh, I mean, looking for have you made any assumptions about the, the ad market environment is in this target? Because I think uh, 2020 and, and now 2022 show show that the business is quite sensitive to to the general macro environment. I mean, the advertising market is you know, cyclical, and we've started seeing advertisers being more cautious considering the current market environment, mainly, of course, in Europe. But having said that, podcast listening has seen strong momentum. We've seen huge momentum in the amount of shows joining us. So future upside is there. Um, but of course, you know, we, we, we monitor this progress, um, but it's mainly within Europe we've seen uh, that effect. I understand, and uh, and on the on this current uh, weaker demand, I mean, would you say that it's it's purely related to to uh, this hesitancy amongst the advertisers, right? Uh, it's not not related to any increase in in competition in in, in the markets, uh, primarily in Europe. No, we we've kind of moved in our position of strength. We're even stronger now. You know, we're growing a lot quicker in terms of listens and in terms of shows that are joining us. But it is the macroeconomic situation that has impacted that market sentiment rather than anything to do with competition. Okay, cool. And and um, and on on um, I mean, looking forward here. I mean, have you seen seen any pickup in in advertising demand in in the second quarter? Uh, within podcasting, or, or or what's the status there? Uh, because um, uh, I mean, well, at this point, what, what's reasonable to expect uh, for the remainder of the year, basically? I mean, I think it's too early to call uh, what will happen for the full year. We have seen an impact uh, mainly in Europe to date. We saw a slight acceleration of uh, of growth towards the end. Of the quarter, but um, but the macroeconomic situation uh, remains uh, something that we monitor really closely. Uh, for us to get back to the pace that we saw in prior years, we would need an uptick and uh, some tailwinds when it comes to advertiser sentiment in the second half of the year. Okay, great. And, and uh, finally, on, on the U.S., then, I mean, you, you delivered this really impressive growth and continued to do so in in that market. Uh, and uh, what, what could you say about the, sort of the sensitivity there? Because um, I understand that that market has significant momentum and, and you're doing really well. But would sort of a similar decrease in in overall advertising demand across channels have a a uh, meaningful impact there as well, or do you think the market is so strong so it would have a less less of an impact if that's uh, that makes sense? Uh, just looking at the relative sizes of our different segments, Europe is still the largest segment that we have, followed by the Americas and then other markets. So uh, when the European advertisers have seen a slight uh, slowdown, that has impacted us during Q1. So just with a relative smaller um, business in North America, but picking up and picking up pace uh, at a very healthy pace, having uh, if uh, North America were to be impacted in the future, it would have less of an impact on, on ACOST given the relative size of these segments. Okay, thanks for that. That's that's all for me now. Thank you. Thank you. Next question from Dennis Bergen from Carnegie. So please go ahead. 
Good morning, guys, and thanks for taking my questions. Um, starting off with the uh, gross margin development, uh, what's your view on the current progression? Uh, I mean, it's clearly stable and, and fairly in line with the development seen throughout 2021, uh, but it's still um, slightly below the 37% the target that you set out in, in relation to the IPO. Um, could you provide some, some more comments on this? Uh, things that drive the gross margin are mainly our product mix. So the biggest driver of gross margin are the types of products that we sell. And if we sell more sponsorships, like the one you heard, the example with Klarna, where the host produces and, and reads the, the ad itself, um, that drives the gross margin further towards 30%. And the more ads, pre-produced ads that we sell, um, that we you know distribute, for example, programmatically across um, a set of different podcasts that drives the gross margin up. Also, of course, over time, we hope to see ACOS Plus contribute to, to our overall gross profits, but that is starting from a small base. So it will take time for that to, to have a meaningful impact. Typically, what we see in Q1 as well is not material, but that uh, um, perhaps is, uh, is a little bit more clear this time. That is when we have increased consumption, but a lower um, sell-through rate, or we sell uh, a smaller percentage of our inventory, we incur some uh, streaming costs for that increased consumption. It only has a small impact on our gross margin, but that is something that we've seen in Q1 in prior years. As consumption goes up compared to Q4, but the advertising dollars tend to go down compared to Q4. So that's a Q1 specific gross margin nuance. Does that make sense, Dennis? It does, thank you. And then also quite clear that you continue to, to um, invest uh, quite heavily. Um, can you provide some more insight on the split between, I mean, sales, marketing and, and developers? Um, I mean, we saw a, quite a, a large increase in number of, of uh, full-time employees and, and full-time consultants as well. And then also, if you perhaps could give us an update on um, the number of FTEs that are based in, in the U.S. or that are focused on the, the North American market. All right. So I will have to come back to you on the exact number of employees in the U.S., but it includes both the employees that sit within our market organization, but also an increased number of employees that work on product and tech. And to your point, you know, we've seen um, the, uh, the cost line that has increased the fastest in this quarter compared to the same quarter last year was product and uh, tech. So, uh, and we have increased our staffing in the US. Uh, for example, focusing on our podcaster acquisition efforts, working closely together with US-based marketing teams. They're doing an amazing job and they have, through our product and marketing efforts, helped drive that uh, significant show growth and listens growth. But we've also, um, as we've talked about in Q4, the time to hire sales staff um, is Q1, not Q4, because all of the good sellers are, are very busy selling in Q4. So we've had the opportunity and fortune to attract some fantastic talent in this first quarter, uh, focusing on North America, focusing on product and tech. And uh, we've also seen a slight increase in our marketing spend, uh, discretionary marketing spend to support our podcaster acquisition 
efforts. But I'll have to get back to you on the exact headcount in the US. Got it. And, and then finally, <clears throat> would you be able to provide some comments with regard to the, the local profitability development and, and also, I mean, more perhaps how to think about the, the profitability after allocation of the global costs? Because m most of the costs are truly allocated to these global costs. And how much of this should be seen as, let's say, necessary maintenance costs versus investment for future growth? And what I'm really looking for is how quickly do you think you would be able to shift to profitability? if you would immediately reduce the heavy growth investments? Um, I mean, the way we look at profitability, so we have, we guided at the time of the IPO, that was June 2021, that our profitability target was to reach EBITDA profits within three to five years. Um, having said that, of course, you know, we are monitoring the market developments and we are being very deliberate in any investments that we make to make sure that we um, that we deploy any investments in the right areas. And uh, we will continue to do that moving forward. We have seen one um, time in the past in 2020 where we saw slowdown in growth. And um, at that point, we experienced 22% top line growth. And we, uh, we took a breather when it came to our investments. Right now, we are sitting um, in between. So we're seeing some of our markets grow at pace. So North America growing at 107%. And we're seeing other areas uh, experiencing a slower growth. So the opportunity and challenge for us is clearly to make sure that we balance and calibrate our investments and deploy them where we get the right ROI, whilst, of course, managing our balance sheet, our cash flows, and the bottom line. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. We have no more questions for the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Just a reminder, if you wish to ask a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad. Madam, sir, we have no more questions by phone. Back to you for the conclusion. So, yeah, just uh, to wrap up, a big thank you to everyone who has joined today. And don't forget to follow us on investors.acast.com, on our blog, on our website. And this presentation will shortly be available as a podcast, of course. Uh, just search Acast Financial Reporting wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks very much. 